0: Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, pregnancy focused chiropractor, Dr. Elliot Berlin. Today you have joined the after segment of a before and after birth story. My guest today is Amaris Rodriguez, a new mama. Congratulations and welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Berlin yeah i'm happy to be here and i'm happy to be able to share my after birth story
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah last time we talked you were uh prego very Prego, yeah and you were planning to have a kid and you were from a pharmaceutical and science background but your comfort zone when it comes to your own health is more on the natural side yep. so uh you're mm-hmm. planning a fairly uninterventive birth not even including gasoline to get to the hospital so <laughs> You know, I think like anybody, you had some concerns, uh, worries, fears, anxieties that come up around that period. And uh, you had some things that you were doing to work through them. Now it's all happened. So walk us through it. How was the last bits of your pregnancy?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I feel like I spoke to you a few days before giving birth. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. <laughs> the baby came before the due date. Damn. Yeah. So you lost that one. Uh, <laughs> we made predictions. I'm I'm
0: waiting to see at the end, but just so you know, prediction number one. I said three days after the due date, and uh, Amaris said before you hit your due date. Yeah. You win. Yeah, one, Dr. B zero.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So the baby came before the due date.
0: How far before?
1: Exactly when I turned 39 weeks.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah,
1: exactly. When I turned 39 weeks and I I actually worked up until the day I gave birth, which is not what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a little bit of time.
0: But, uh, you know, I'm thinking that there's obviously you guys miscalculated and your due date was off by 10 days and I was right. (laughs) I don't Mm. think so. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well. I think
1: the baby was just ready. The baby was ready to make his debut. And yeah, we had a a baby boy, a beautiful baby boy.
0: Sweet. Wait a second. So you worked right up until your birth? Yeah.
1: Not the due date until I gave birth. Yeah. No,
0: I think you said until you gave birth and I screwed it up and said due date. (laughs) Okay. Moving back to you and your story. So how did labor start?
1: Oh, man. So I remember Day one, I was having like cramps. It felt like period cramps and it happened all day. I thought it was just, you know, maybe Braxton Hicks, but I also had a strong feeling that the baby was going to be coming. So I remember over the weekend I was having those cramps and then the following day, no, not even the following day, that same night at midnight, I started bleeding. So I figured I was having my bloody show
0: wait were you having those cramps at work
1: no it was a saturday
0: ah saturday it was a
1: saturday i was dead tired i was actually in bed all day and i was just having some basic cramps i would not call them contractions because i didn't feel like they were strong enough to be contractions It's like oh maybe this is just some practice for the baby for you know for labor day and then that same night exactly at midnight i got up to use the bathroom and then whoosh, like all this blood came out, and I was like, "Oh, this is my bloody show." No big deal. Baby's gonna be coming soon, (laughs) and um, I was having contractions. That's when the contractions like started. I woke up my husband. Wait,
0: so now you're calling them contractions?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So they were intense.
1: Yeah, that's when I started feeling them, and
0: more than you thought, or just like, oh oh, yeah, okay,
1: (laughs) yeah. So I woke up my husband, I was like, I think I just had my bloody show. I'm not too sure how much blood is a bloody show, but I think I just (laughs) had the bloody show. (laughs) So man, I'm like backtracking in my head, trying to think of all the details. So we were super excited. I was having contractions, but they were very like mild and maybe about 15 to 17 minutes apart, variable. But
0: but I'm confused because you said they were more than you expected, but then you said they were mild.
1: Okay. So Saturday I had cramping. Then that night at midnight, I had the bloody show. And then that's when I actually felt contractions.
0: Oh, okay. But they weren't overwhelming.
1: No, they were not overwhelming. They're on but the mild side. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Definitely. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So you're contracting and now it's after midnight.
1: Oh yeah. It's after midnight. My husband actually had to drive to Bakersfield My stepdaughter was here with her cousin spending the weekend with us. And we had to take the kids to Bakersfield, which is about an hour and a half away. We had to do that because I was going into labor. And in the event I needed to go to the hospital, we didn't have anybody to watch the kids.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. So now in the middle of the night, he's taking them to...
1: Yes. Bakersfield, so, which
0: is about how far from you?
1: An hour and a half.
0: And you home.
1: Yeah. So we wake up the kids at 1 a.m.
0: <laughs> <Wow. laughs>
1: they came running <laughs> into their bedroom. They were so excited that I was in labor and about to have the baby. How and old here, are they? One of them is six and the other one is nine. Oh wow. Yeah. The cousin is six years old. So they were super excited. And despite it being one o'clock in the morning, they were such good troopers about it. So my husband drives all the way out there and comes back. Mind you, this is like three hour round trip in the middle of the night to come back to a woman who's laboring. (laughs) 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 But he makes it back in time. Uh, The contractions were still like, you know, mild, moderate, still 15 minutes apart. He comes back and he's laboring with me. He's helping me get through the contractions.
0: Okay, okay, slow down. What were you doing while he was away?
1: Oh, I was really excited, anxious, nervous, walking around and trying to figure out what last minute things
0: I need to do. Oh, you were like (laughs) nesting? Nesting?
1: Yeah. You know, mind you, this entire pregnancy, I feel like I have not nested. <laughs> People, women talk about this nesting thing. I don't think that ever it's happened. not you?
0: Okay. <laughs> did you do anything to, well, first of all, did you reach out to anybody or you just kept your little secret?
1: Um, Actually, I did. I think around 3 a.m., I reached out to my family on the East Coast because I knew it was 6 a.m. over there.
0: Okay. On a Sunday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I reached out to my East coast family. I didn't reach out to anybody here because I'm like, it's 3am people are asleep and I'm not going to, you know, reach out to anybody over here. But I woke my mom and my sister up to let them know that I was like, I think I had my bloody show. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm in labor.
0: <laughs> and you guys are all about family. Like that's your thing. That's your culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I woke my mom and my sister up. And my mom couldn't believe it because it was, you know, before the due date.
0: Oh, she was in my camp. (laughs) Yeah,
1: She didn't think the baby was going to come for like another two weeks.
0: Okay. You showed us.
1: (laughs) So she started looking for flights to fly on demand.
0: (laughs) Wow. Was that the plan?
1: Yeah. I mean, she was not packed. I don't think that was in her plans (laughs) to fly on demand, but She started looking for flights and she actually found a flight to fly out. I told her, I was like, if you, you know, if you don't make it, it's okay. And I didn't put the pressure on her anyway.
0: So it was Mm -hmm. your preference that she would make it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. (laughs) So she finds a flight, she books it. I'm sure she started packing. And like I said, my husband came back from three hours of driving, middle of the night, no sleep me i'm just like looking around trying to figure out what i need to get done before the baby comes i'm staring at this pool in the living room that has not been set up we didn't even have like all the pool parts we needed a, like a connector and adapter oh, for the sink the faucet yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: Crap. Didn't so, have that? Oh. no so when my husband came back i was like you gotta go to the hardware store
0: <laughs> What? who's open a- Four o'clock in the morning.
1: <laughs> so he, he said, I'll go when they open. <laughs> so I was nervous that we weren't going to have a pool.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Do you have a tub separate from the birth pool?
1: Yeah, we do have a tub, but there's like glass, like permanent. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. One of those sliding doors that...
0: Yeah, not the comfiest. Yeah. And uh, wait, so did you need to do anything? Did he need to do anything to help you with, you know, the building momentum of labor?
1: What do you mean? Like... Uh...
0: Um, did you need comfort measures? And if you needed them, what kind of comfort oh, t- measures were they? totally.
1: There? Yeah. He was massaging my back. My back was in a lot of pain. Lower? Um, my lower back. Yep. My lower back. So every time I had a contraction, he would press down on my back, the sacrum. He would breathe through the contractions with me and remind me to breathe.
0: Were so you making was... noise?
1: Yeah, I was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're expressive.
1: <laughs> I was. So when he got back here, he definitely was helping me through that. Eventually, I called my midwife when it was at a more decent hour. I want to say around 6 a.m. Um, 7 a.m. is when I called my midwife and I told her that I'm in labor. And at that point, I had a lot of blood coming out. I was collecting maxi pads of blood and i told her over the phone i was like you know i'm bleeding a lot i'm not too sure if this is normal or not and she asked me to send her a photo of the maxi pads
0: <laughs> mm. hello instagram
1: <laughs> so i sent her a photo it was a lot of blood she said that's an alarming amount of blood that's not normal that's definitely more than a bloody show
0: even and though we described it at midnight.
1: Yeah yes
0: i think you said whoosh
1: yeah yeah there was a lot of blood that came out but i think the problem is is that it was a continuous bleed it was like oh wow, it was a lot of blood you know so, what mm-hmm.
0: i'm very curious where this goes but we're gonna have to take a little break before we find out <laughs> okay. we'll be right back <laughs> welcome back to the informed pregnancy podcast we are talking to god's gift <laughs> <Nice. Amaris. laughs> that is the meaning of your name honestly.
1: yes yes you remembered you remembered yes i, I yes. remember
0: something sometimes <laughs> yeah your whoosh your blood started at midnight and you kept whooshing and the graphic images you were sending to your midwife were a bit alarming what happened next
1: yeah I also sent the images to my god sister because homegirl had five babies and she's a childbirth educator. She knows a lot of stuff. And she was awake at 3 a.m. This time I was sending her stuff as well. And oh, she, she's on the
0: East Coast. She's yeah? on the East Coast. Oh, okay, yeah. So cool. it's
1: just, she was one of the people that I reached out to pretty early as well. And she said that it looked like a lot of blood. She brought up placental abruption and she was like, you know, I'm not there to check you, but that's a lot of blood and. She said, you can look up online, <laughs> placental abruption, <laughs> but uh, well, you are she, the researcher. Exactly. <laughs> she was concerned. She was concerned about it. And she was like, definitely tell your midwife. And she was like, you might need to go to the hospital. And in my head, I'm like, no, this is probably, you know, just part it, of the bloody show. You know, no, my bloody show is a little bit bigger.
0: It's <laughs> not a bloody movie.
1: <laughs> so it's an
0: appearance.
1: So the midwife knows Bryson's with me. He's helping me through contractions. Midwife says, let's monitor for a little bit longer. See if you can get some rest because you and Bryson have both been awake since midnight. Bryson has been running around wild, going to the hardware store, dropping the kids off. Three, <laughs> oh, he, three hour he, round trip. You the faucet adapter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I lay down. I was able to sleep for a little bit, maybe an hour. I was able to sleep. And while I was sleeping, Bryson went to the grocery store to get some food for the home birth. I was like, you know, while I sleep, maybe you can go grab some sandwiches and things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you don't like have Postmates or Instacart or anything, Bryson? Bryson.com?
1: <laughs> Listen, the man is reliable. He went, he stocked up on... A variety of sandwiches, a variety of juices and snacks and all this stuff. He brought it back. Ooh, I'm going to yeah. sign myself
0: up for Brayson.com.
1: <laughs> it was great. I wake up from my nap. I check, you know, to see how much I'm bleeding again. Nothing has subsided. I'm still bleeding a lot. And the midwife, she said, you should go to the hospital. And I was pretty reluctant. I was reluctant because nobody was here to like check me. You know, it's like I kind of wanted somebody to physically be here and say, hey, you know, like, (laughs) you got to go to the hospital, you know. Was that an
0: option, like, for someone to come over?
1: Yeah. I mean, the midwife could have came over. Did you ask for that? But the thing is, she saw enough.
0: Oh, like, in her mind, nothing to come over for. Right. Go find out what's happening.
1: Right. She was like, I've seen enough blood already. It's time for you to go to the hospital. I was a little reluctant about it because I know once you step foot into that hospital,
0: you lose all autonomy. Yes. That is what you told me once.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I started packing a bag with my husband and I was like, babe, you want to pack like some pajamas or something? He was like, I'm not packing anything. He was like, we're going to go to the hospital, get checked and we're coming back home.
0: (laughs) How far is the hospital from you?
1: Well, that's another thing. There were two hospitals. The one where my obstetrician was, was a little bit further out. We decided to go to the hospital down the street, which is a four-minute, five-minute drive.
0: So first of all, are you still having contractions this whole time?
1: Oh, yeah. Still having contractions, but I'm still, you know, talking and Bryson's, you know, breathing through them with me. And we were able to pack a bag together. I was telling him what to put into the bag.
0: (laughs) So it's interesting. You never packed a bag because I know you had a backup doctor in a backup hospital, but you never packed a bag just in case, or did I screw you up? And you thought the baby wasn't coming for a little while. <laughs> no, I, mean.
1: I was on the fence about packing a hospital bag. One of my friends had a baby two weeks before me and her husband actually was like, uh, you know, Amaris, you should probably pack a hospital bag because you know, Bryson can pack the bag for you, but Bryson is going to be by your side helping you through contractions. He's not going to want to, he's like, he's not going to want to pack the bag for you. So just pack the bag, just have it just in case.
0: <laughs> and then you said.
1: And I was like, you know, that's a good idea. So I actually got the duffel bag and I think I put one or two things in the duffel bag. I did not pack the bag fully, but it was in the plan to have a bag i wasn't okay. expecting this baby <laughs> well
0: you were i wasn't <laughs> but i mean the phone charger is that like the most important thing
1: bryson grabbed the phone charger okay. for me Whew. he grabbed toothpaste and toothbrush super basic stuff some underwear you know yeah but, but...
0: Um, <laughs> all right so you pack all your stuff and what's going through your head at this point because like you said you do not love hospital you do like autonomy you don't feel like you get it at the hospital i mean and you wanted your baby at home you wanted it all natural no interventions and is there fear because you also said you're not a fearful person Uh uh-huh but that sometimes fear you know even yeah. for non-fearful people, fear is there, but you really? know, it's supposed to, it's like a protective mechanism. Mm-hmm. So, I guess my question for you is: Is there fear because of like all the blood that people are not excited about? Is there fear of going to the hospital? Is there, you know, feelings of letdown, or are you like curious? Like, what's the emotion?
1: The emotion was i was disappointed i definitely was fearful of going to the hospital and having things out of my control
0: so Um, your fear is not medical fear like maybe something's wrong your fear is more like am i gonna have a say in what happens next
1: yeah i i just feared that there was going to be unnecessary medical intervention okay that's what i feared that there's going to be some unnecessary medical intervention going on once i step into that hospital and that was my biggest fear at that moment.
0: And disappointed um, at the change of plan.
1: Disappointed at the change of plans. Yep, because I was so confident in being able to, you know, stay home. And you know, I just
0: you didn't even have like your team come over.
1: Yeah, nobody. I mean, Bryson was the team at that.
0: <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, even <laughs> if you picture, like, sometimes homework goes on for a long time. And maybe you run out of steam or something comes up along the way, but like you're still home, like, and nobody's come to you and you're already leaving.
1: Exactly, exactly, oh. exactly. And I'm like, we didn't even get to set up the pool
0: <laughs> after Bryson went out and got the adapter.
1: Right yeah, when he, the got hardware opened, he got it. Store
0: open, you have all these sandwiches, and who's going <laughs> to eat them?
1: Exactly. I
0: see the disappointment
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) okay so you go to the hospital
1: yeah we go to the hospital which is four minutes away which was beautiful it was a short drive um go to the emergency and right when i walk in through that door i started sobbing i was crying so much dr berlin oh my gosh i walked up to the little desk and she asked for the first thing was insurance and i just was crying and I was like upset that I had to be at the hospital, you know, like I said, it was just disappointment and it wasn't even the pain from contractions or anything like that. I was just really disappointed (laughs) that I was in the hospital. And I was like, this is not how I wanted childbirth to go down. I was like, I do not want to be here because I already know what they're going to do. So, you know, they take me to the room and the first thing that they do put me to an IV
0: have they checked anything yet by this point?
1: No. I go to the room, I lay down in the bed, and they knew the reason why I was admitted is because I was bleeding and I'm pregnant. So the first thing that they do is IV, uh, the fetal
0: the, monitor. The,
1: yeah, the fetal monitor and uh, like a contraction monitor. Two belts. Just, yes, I have two belts on, and I didn't want that because I wanted to be mobile. In a hospital, I wanted to be able to walk around and, you know, walk through contractions and all that stuff.
0: First of all, the IV, was that not a conversation? Like, hey, we're planning to start an IV? I
1: mean, they didn't ask me.
0: Mm. Did you ask for no IV?
1: I didn't know I had a... (laughs) autonomy.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, right. They don't make it obvious, but, I mean, by law, you have autonomy.
1: Yeah. So...
0: Okay.
1: I let them put the IV and also Dr. Berlin, the other part of it is that this is the first time I go through labor. This is my first baby. And I don't know, like, am I supposed to have an IV because I'm bleeding so much? Like, I don't know what the appropriate thing is. You kind of just let the healthcare professionals just kind of do. their do, thing. Yeah. You just let them do their thing. So I was letting them do their thing. Uh, so the obstetrician walks in and, you know, he was explaining the process and he said that we're going to monitor you. He was very empathetic towards the situation. And Does that
0: feel said, nice? That kind of oh support? man,
1: he was amazing.
0: Okay, great. Listen, and it's not even your OB, it's just who the hospital is who happens to be there.
1: Yeah. It was a random obstetrician. Random. Yeah. I I don't know the guy. He was in my backup.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It, you know i just hear my teenager sometimes say rando <laughs> so i went with it
1: and um he walked in and he was very comforting and empathetic towards my situation and he said i understand that this is not in your plans to be here so let's monitor you for a few hours and see how the bleeding goes and monitor your baby and hopefully you can go back home so the plans wow were-
0: that's cool
1: yeah So I was so hopeful when he said that, and I was really happy that he was on my team, like on my page, like, let's get her back home so she can have the baby at home.
0: Okay. So that sounds like a wonderful plan.
1: Yes. So I'm being monitored. Bryson's there with me and the heart rate monitor was showing that the baby's you know, heart rate was dipping pretty low. There's apparently three categories, category one, two, and three. Category three is emergency. Category two is we got to keep a close eye. So my baby's heart rate was a category two. So every time I was having a contraction, right after the contraction, the baby's heart rate would would dip. Yeah, would Mm. dip pretty low. So I was having that going on plus the bleeding. They kept changing out the pads. I had the bleeding going on still.
0: At least you got your money's worth on the pounds. (laughs) So your category, let's keep a close eye on the baby. Yeah. Not category, go home.
1: Not yet. Not yet. And I remember I was sitting in certain positions. I kept shifting into certain positions to see if the baby's heart rate would do better. Like if I'm on my left side or if I'm on my right side. And there were some changes. I believe when i was on my right side the baby's heart rate was doing way better but then once i moved again it would dip down low and the doctor was like no we can't send you Mm. home yet
0: (laughs) Uh, all right well how long does that go on for
1: for a long time the contractions became more intense and that's when i called my doula to come to the hospital because they didn't release me to go home the contractions were getting Really, 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 really intense. And Bryson kept working on my lower back, and I just felt so much pain in my lower back. That's where all the pain was back labor.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not ideal. So at this point, still nobody checked you?
1: So, yes, I'm sorry. I was checked. I was one fingertip dilated.
0: Oh, like almost there. Wow.
1: <laughs> one fingertip.
0: Only nine and a little bit to go.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Is that when one, you got in to the hospital?
1: Yes, that's when I got oh, okay. into the hospital. Sorry, I didn't say that in the beginning. No, that's <laughs> right. I'll
0: <forgive> you. Uh, <laughs>
1: I was one fingertip dilated and hours passed by, ended up calling the doula. Doula came and she helped so much working through those contractions. And once Bryson saw like what she was doing, they both had their hands on me. To work through contractions. Oh, nice. And teamwork. Oh, man, dream team. Let me tell you, I mean, Bryson was running on very little sleep, running around, and the doula was with us for, I don't know how many, I want to say she was with us maybe for 16 hours in the hospital.
0: Oh, this means that we're not almost done with the story. No. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. So no epidural for you at this point. You're still on. No,
1: nothing. I didn't want anything. No drug. You're still
0: hoping to go home soon. Uh,
1: Yes. Absolutely. You end up going home? No, I didn't go home.
0: Spoiler alert.
1: I did not go home. I stayed in the hospital and once more time passed by, I was like, okay, let's just aim to have a vaginal delivery. You know, let's just focus on, all right, you're here. Let's get this baby out. Let's work through these contractions and just have the baby here.
0: (laughs) Okay. Two questions. Are you in touch with the midwife at all during this time? And are you being checked? sounds like labor is pretty intense and a lot of back labor. Are there signs of progress?
1: So with me being in touch with anybody, I wasn't on my phone at all. My husband was in touch with my family and I believe my husband was in touch with my midwife as well. Letting her know how things have been progressing.
0: Was there ever a thought like someone should go get all the sandwiches? (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: Because the
1: hospital told me I couldn't eat.
0: I know. Yeah. Yeah. What what were you saying about autonomy?
1: Man, they said ice chips. Like I wanted to eat because, you know, I knew that I needed to fuel my body in order to push a baby out.
0: Yeah. That's a weird one to me.
1: I needed to feel my body. My husband knew, like, I love my husband. For somehow knowing exactly what I needed at certain moments, he snuck a sandwich in. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, here, take a couple bites real quick before the nurse comes
0: in. Uh, Not bad for a guy from Instagram. (laughs)
1: yeah he was sneaking some food in for me which I totally appreciate because listen I was in labor for 29 hours I was having contractions for such a long time and you know like I said Bryson and the doula like Bryson was there with me and like looking at me in my eyes when I needed assurance and breathing with me and walking me to the bathroom and seeing things come out of you know both ends
0: <laughs> only two no, like three <laughs> you know
1: and the contractions were so intense like i was shaking i was quivering like i was oh, shaking yeah. so much
0: you sometimes people look like they're having a seizure yeah from those big hormone changes and all that intensity i need to know how the story ends right after this break Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy podcasts. We're talking to Amaris, and the situation has changed from the original vision. The idea was home birth with birth tub and a doula and mom, which I have a question where mom's at still at this point, because you gave her plenty of time to get there. So a lot of bleeding during the very early stages of labor. Midwife says, go to the hospital, check it out. Hospital's like, yeah, let's monitor and send you home. But now you're in category two, must watch closely. Now you have an IV, but you don't have any pain meds at this point. And your vision changes, like let's aim for vaginal birth is the next plan. Yep. Hobby and doula are doing a great job keeping you calm. You have an empathetic rando doctor that you mm-hmm. never met <laughs> prior to this, but a good doctor. And you're feeling your autonomy taken away from you, which is what you didn't like in the sense that it sounds like not a whole lot of discussion. Like we would like to start an IV and this is why we'd like to start an IV. Would you like to or not like to just sort of like routine that we're doing this and no eating. But your superstar husband <laughs> sneaks you in a sandwich. We're throwing him under the bus here. <laughs> uh, they must know that everyone eats. <clears throat> so where is mom? Did she catch a flight?
1: She caught the flight. She's in route. She's in route to LA from Philadelphia.
0: Oh yeah. wow. Okay. So she's, she's in air.
1: She's in uh, route. Yep.
0: And you got stuff coming out of all the ends.
1: Yeah. Also, my husband gave me M Ms too. <laughs> I can't oh. forget about
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by. okay yeah Yeah, so are there signs that you're progressing
1: so oh man after like going through so many hours and so much pain I remember one of the nurses came in it was in the middle of the night the nurse came in and she was like do you want me to check you to see how far along you are and at first I said no I don't know why but I said no (laughs)
0: I mean, it makes sense. You just wanted to do it.
1: Yeah. You know? I was like, a, it you know, my me. body's progressing. <laughs> I know I'm progressed by the intensity of the contractions. <laughs> I know I've progressed. And then she comes back an hour later and she sees me really going through it with the contractions and Bryson needs helping and the doula. And the doula was actually putting me in different positions to make them more productive. Yeah, productive. That's the perfect word for it. And, man, oh, man, she was good at that. (laughs) They (laughs) they they felt productive. (laughs) So she definitely made them more productive. And after, like, doing that for about an hour, the nurse came back in and was like, I can check you now if you want. So I said, go ahead and check me. She checks me. I'm one centimeter dilated. And when she she took her finger out and she was like, one centimeter. I started crying. I was crying. I couldn't believe like all this excruciating pain that I was going through. And I was only one centimeter dilated and I could not understand why I was not dilating. I don't know why I was bleeding so much. And I had so many emotions like running through me.
0: Still running (laughs) through you. What are you feeling? Mama?
1: I'm very grateful. Excuse me. (laughs) But, you know, going through all that. for
0: What's coming up for you, though?
1: Just how, how I try to control so much. And just uh, a lot of me trying to control. And, you know, if you even listen back to our conversation from before, <laughs> how uh, anti-medical intervention I was, I think about that. And I'm so grateful for, you know,
0: Medical intervention? I needed it. I never got the sense from you that you were against medical intervention. I got the sense from you that you were against medical intervention that's being sort of pushed on people who don't want it and don't need it. Which is a lot different than being against medical intervention. Like, medical intervention, like, I think that tracheotomy is an amazing thing. We pop a hole in someone's trachea and they can breathe, but I wouldn't do it to somebody who didn't need it right i'd be against doing it to somebody who didn't need it because we'd be doing more harm than good there's no reason for it and i had lots of conversations with you and i never heard you say i wish we never had the option to numb people from pregnancy or to do a cesarean birth (laughs) or whatever right Right. it was just like i don't want it if i don't need it i don't want it pushed on me i want to be able to be part of the decision-making process and that's a lot different than being against intervention
1: absolutely absolutely just like thinking about everything that happened and the support I was getting from my husband. Like he knew exactly what was like running through my mind. Like he knew that I didn't want this and he knew what my wishes were. And he was just so supportive, of helping me cope through all the changes that were happening, you know, hour by hour by hour. And just reassuring me that I was doing the best that I could, everything that I could. And kind of just having to surrender and as much as i thought i was ready to surrender like i was reading books there's a book i have called birthing from within and you do a lot of like journal exercises and writing exercises like writing down what your fears are of birthing and you know writing down fears and facing like shadows and things like that I thought I was like ready to maybe surrender, (laughs) but come Labor Day, I was not, you know, Mm -hmm. I definitely did not surrender as graciously as I thought I would.
0: But isn't surrender like the real, I kind of feel like they say when you have your first baby, there's two births at once, right? The birth of the mother and the birth of the baby. Isn't surrender like literally the birth of the mother?
1: Hmm. That's that transformation.
0: <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. it's like something that's very very hard to do for someone who likes to be in control, especially cautious people. But are there things from your past that kind of messed with your autonomy that make you sort of grab onto that control more firmly?
1: You know, that's a great question for me to dig deeper into.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah a discussion for another time (laughs) but either way that was hard for you and it looks like it's still kind of hard for you like it's still processing
1: yeah absolutely
0: there's like no way to reach out and give you a big old hug (laughs) through the zoom (laughs) that we're on right now but i don't know my heart is there with you
1: thanks dr berlin yeah
0: yeah so there's a lot of big stuff coming up for you here so one centimeter does that mean in your mind, like I'm gonna need more help?
1: Uh, yes, because at that point, we're over 20 hours of labor, it was intense. And, um,
0: I don't know and- if this is comforting for you at all, but one of your predictions was that labor would go over 24 <laughs> hours. Yeah, so, <laughs> right again.
1: <laughs> yeah, over 24 hours and under five days. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hopefully i know it went over 24 hours and hopefully (laughs) under five days
1: uh i ended up getting an epidural they gave me pitocin after that epidural i knocked out like a baby i slept and my husband slept with me right by my side oh yep and that was like some much needed sleep that we both needed we were both super exhausted and uh we slept we woke up the doctor came in the same doctor. And he gave us a synopsis of what was going on. 29 hours have passed. Baby's heart rate is getting worse. And the bleeding was still going on. I had all this bleeding. He did not know why. He couldn't tell why there was so much blood. You know, he brought up C-section. He was like, I want you guys to talk about it. He explained to us why he wants to do it. And he said that he would prefer to do it now rather than waiting when our hair is on fire And we have to work quickly to do a C-section to get the baby out.
0: I heard the doctors hate doing C-sections when your hair is on fire.
1: Yeah. 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 He he didn't want to do that. He said, if if we plan for it, you know, I can call my partner to drive in. And he said, also, this is my last day. I'm retiring today.
0: Whoa, no way.
1: Yeah. It was his last day. He was retiring. He said, I would really love to deliver your baby for you. And turns out this guy is like one of the best obstetricians in in the country. (laughs) He told us that it was his last day and me and Bryson loved the doctor. He was so great with us. He did an amazing job. So my my, my husband and I spoke about the C-section. We both decided it would be the best thing considering everything that was happening. So my mom's flight landed in LAX when we decided to go through with the C-section. My cousin that lives in L.A. went to go pick her up, drove her straight to the hospital. My mom gets to the hospital right in time when they roll me into the operating room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's good with the timing.
1: Bryson like brings her into the hospital and onto the floor. She wasn't allowed in the room. Bryson was in the operating room with me. My mom got there just in the nick of time, and the team of doctors did their thing.
0: Did you have to lie about the sandwich? <laughs>
1: Right. That's why they don't want you to eat just in that's, case uh, you yeah, had to do a C section. Yes. <laughs> but you know, the C-section turned out fine. They did have to cut me a little bit more because they, they said the baby's shoulders were really broad. Apparently, my baby has really broad shoulders.
0: Oh well, obviously.
1: Thanks to Bryson, right? <laughs>
0: Football player baby.
1: <laughs> so they did do that and they used the vacuum. As well.
0: Oh, even during the cesarean. So, this is curious. Did you get any intel on where the bleeding was coming from? Was it the broad shoulders that were preventing the baby from coming down?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I remember I was laying there and I said, Did I have placental abruption? I still don't know what all the blood was for, where that came from. I don't know.
0: Like because it wasn't important at that moment. And so it was just never a discussion, or because they don't know.
1: I think that they don't know. I asked, how's the placenta? Like, do you see anything, you know, any issues with the placenta? They didn't see any issues with the placenta. I actually got the placenta encapsulated. So I was able to take the placenta home, (laughs) but I still don't know. The doctor said that I was hemorrhaging, you know, this big old question mark.
0: How big was the baby?
1: Six pounds, even.
0: Wait, I was right on one. I said six pounds.
1: (laughs) Six-pound baby. (laughs) Ah, I get a point. Yeah, six-pound baby and 19 inches long.
0: No, I was wrong. You said six pounds. (laughs) Crap. Three-zero. I said 7.5.
1: Oh, yeah. I was six pounds even. And um, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck. That was the other thing. Bryson cut the cord and the baby came out and it was just, you know, beautiful moment, beautiful. I was happy that the baby was fine. I was so happy to hear the baby crying. They put the baby on me, on my face.
0: (laughs) On your face? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. For one thing, how was your physical recovery?
1: It was rough. It was rough. They offered me narcotics. They offered me oxycodone, but I did not take it. And I just kind of powered through the pain. And I would say the first week was pretty excruciating. I had a really hard time walking, getting to the bathroom. My mom was here and I mean, I was in the hospital for five days. And then when I came home, it's when my mom and Bryson really were like, dream team again and helping me with everything. They helped me so much and their support is invaluable. And just, you know, it was painful for me, but the amount of support and love that I was receiving just helps you get through those challenging times. And I cannot, you know, thank my family and my husband. Oh my gosh, my husband was the fiercest protector throughout this, you know, he was protecting me and his son. And at one point he did have to kick one of the nurses out of the room.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Why? What was she doing?
1: My doula noticed that the IV drip wasn't on and she pointed it out to the nurse and the nurse just ignored it. And then the nurse also had a hard time with putting the IV like she was doing something on my arm with the IV and she wasn't able to do it. And then strike three, she did something else. And Bryson was like, yeah, she's got to go. Mm-mm. But, you know, my husband is the fiercest protector of oh, <laughs> oh, me and his son. So, yeah, I'm grateful, although like it was challenging and I had to surrender the entire process and just let go. It was a beautiful experience. And I'm happy to have my husband by my side to go through that with me. I think it definitely bonded us and it prepared us, you know, one of those steps into parenthood, you know, because childbirth is a one day event or maybe, maybe two days, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not five.
1: And parenthood is a lifetime. Yes. So, you know, It sure
0: that's... is. Wow. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to start doing like uh you know where are they now (laughs) episodes (laughs) down the road because you're clearly just starting to process everything
1: yeah and
0: you know it's a lot it's important to give yourself that space to feel sadness disappointment sometimes people feel grief it doesn't take away from how happy you are and grateful you are both for the healthy baby and for the fierce protector And for the medical system and all the things that it was able to offer you that you benefited from, even though that wasn't your plan A.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's interesting. I'm really curious how things will move forward, how you'll process and eventually what you'll decide to do should -hmm. you have another linebacker in.
1: (laughs) My baby has some big hands and feet. He's got wide receiver (laughs) hands.
0: Ah, I wonder if you get your op report. I'm just curious if there's any clues in there about what was going on.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but I just know that when I heard that baby cry, I was like, okay, ah, that's what I wanted to hear. You know, I wanted to hear the baby's healthy, chubby cheeks and good to go.
0: Amaris, I appreciate you and all the courageous women like you who come share your story, especially before and after when you share what you're aiming for without having an idea how it will go and coming back afterwards even though it didn't go how you planned for but it's just real and you learned a lot from your experience and you came here and shared it so that we could learn from your experience as well and i appreciate you
1: yeah definitely i appreciate you too and thank you for having me on here to share this with other women and it's been a pleasure speaking with you, and I will be seeing you for this back pain. I cannot <laughs> wait
0: to get my big hands and give you some new mama TLC. Give back to those <laughs> who give to life to all of us. Thank you. Thank you. There's so much coming out right now from the Informed Pregnancy Project. And if you want to catch it all, visit us on uh, Instagram at Dr. drberlin, D-O-C-T-O-R. B-E-R-L-I-N, or at drberlin.com.